more than a handful, I think. So I need you to, to uh, you know, put your thinking cap on and, and uh, listen closely uh, as we get started here. But uh, we are still celebrating Veterans Day, still recognizing our veterans. Uh, we want to, again, thank you for uh, your service to our country. And uh, Debbie Call will be out in the hallway afterward if you have not yet received your gift that the women's ministry put together for you. So that's the white table on the left out there. Um, Two weeks, save the date, December 5th is our chili Sunday, so we're gonna have chili supper that night. Uh, create your best recipe, bring it, we'll all eat together in the great room. Giving Tree starts next week, and we're going to have, uh, again, children from the elementary school that we par partner with up in Willis, as well as uh, possibly two other organizations, at least one other organization. Uh, and so that's, again, where you can come and uh, take a, a ornament off the tree, go and purchase that for that child. And then one of the really uniquenesses, and I'd like for you to be praying about that with us, is that we get to deliver to the families this year. We're not just dropping off at the school. So hopefully there'll be opportunities to share the love of Christ face-to-face uh, -face like that. Okay, hang in there. We're going to decorate Christmas, uh, decorate for Christmas after church today. And so we would love for you to stay. We need you to stay. Uh, and we're going to just run right up to the attic and pull stuff down. And when you are carrying something, you'll be handed a picture and you'll know exactly where to go set that down and you'll be done. So we, uh, we need a lot of people. The more people it is, the faster it goes. I want to thank Jenny and the decor team for organizing that for us. And then uh, speaking of the decor team, the photo booth that is out here if you wanted a fall family photo that photo booth is going down today so this is your opportunity um, to get out there you might want to get out there when our uh, speaker is, is giving the message because I'm not preaching today so uh, we can just rotate aisles and stuff like that no just kidding but we are privileged uh, today let me make sure that's all the announcements Yes, uh, we are privileged today to have Bob Mendelson with us from Jews for Jesus. Uh, some of you have a card uh, on the seat uh, below you or near you, and that is an opportunity for you to uh, fill it out if you would like to be put on the Jews for Jesus mailing list. Uh, Bob has been with us several times in the past and always brings a tremendous message. Uh, he's going to uh, actually have us vote at the start of the message today, uh, so get prepared uh, for that. Um, because we love to vote, right? On the card, you can fill out and join the mailing list. There's going to be a link on the screen that you can do the same thing, and we will take a, uh, a second offering today to support Jews for Je Jesus. It's an incredible uh, global outreach, uh, great ministry around the world. Bob is the director in Australia for Jews for Jesus and has been there 23 years, uh, originally from Kansas City, and uh, came to Christ as a hippie traveling the United States by, uh, by thumb. So uh, we are very glad that you're here. And uh, Bob will come up after our opening set of music and just uh, open God's word and minister to us. So let's, uh, let's worship together. The psalmist says it this way, Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we are glad to be gathered here in your presence, and we are thankful for what you have done in our lives. We are thankful for what you have done for the world, and we ask that you would open our hearts to you. We ask for the grace to hear from you, and we ask that your spirit would move among us and that we would be touched exactly where we are in our lives, exactly what we need uh, from you, whether it's healing or sustenance or courage. We pray that you would um, be with us today and that you would connect with us. And we thank you for Bob. Thank you for the tremendous ministry that you've given him and Patty. Thank you for the uh, commitment, the stamina that you've given them, the creativity and the boldness. And we ask that you would give him great clarity and uh, joy as he speaks today. And we pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Let's stand together. Oh, my soul. 
worship His holy name. Seem like never before. Oh my soul, I worship Your holy name. The sun comes up. It's a Sing your song again Whatever may pass And whatever lies before me Let me be singing when the evening comes Bless the Lord, oh my soul
that we have because of your son, Jesus. We pray this morning that you would draw us close, that you would make us like him. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You guys can have a seat if you're one of our kiddos, K through five. 
you can be dismissed now um, to Sunshine Kids Club. And if you're one of our guests, please feel free to take your kiddo there and you can get them checked in and come back and join us. Shalom, everyone. I'll speak in English. It is a joy to be back at Conroe. Thanks for the good welcome, Dave, Gwen, thank you. Jim, Joe, hosting me last night. Steve, you wanted to. That would have been good. Larry, this afternoon. I'm just really grateful for each one of you here in the sanctuary. Those, I don't know where to look, who are watching elsewhere at home, in pajamas. You missed that part of church, pajama church. It's not church. This is. So it's good that you're here. I am grateful to be back here in Houston, and I am on a three-month trip. I've, I've never had one of these. Uh, the Australian government, which is doing fine, by the way, no, serious, it's fine. I don't know what you're listening. Um, no, it's fine. Um, we have uh, really been successful in this seriously troubling time globally. And um, I, one of the conditions of my departure a month ago was that I would um, be gone for three months at least. That's just how they stagger people's return. It works, it's fine. So I get to be in Houston again. I get to be in Nashville, in Washington, D.C., in Iowa last week, and in, in, I'm just traveling all over and so grateful for the welcome. Today we're gonna read the book of Jonah in the Older Testament. And if you don't know where that is, get a smartphone. And there you go, you'll be fine. And I, while you turn there, let me ask, as Dave promised, I want to have a vote. If you know the story of Jonah beyond the whale, if you know this story, how many of you would want, if you had a vote, not that you have a vote, but if you had a vote, you have a vote this morning, would you vote to leave the book of Jonah in the Bible? Just raise your hand if you, yeah, some of you, yeah, oh, wow, look, it's just growing. It's, uh, yeah, I'm going to try to convince you otherwise. All right, let's see. Let's see what we can do here as we read together from the book of Jonah. It starts in verse 1. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, cry out against it. But there, for their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah, your, pro, your, your hero, you voted for him arose and to flee to Tarshish, away from the presence of the Lord. Let me give you a quick geography lesson. Tarshish due west, he's here in, we'll call it Israel. Tarshish due west, Nineveh northeast, the capital of Assyria, the dreaded enemies of the Jewish people, the bad guys in the story, they wore black cowboy hats. There they are. And and he's told to go to Nineveh, go preach. He's a prophet. That's what prophets do. They go preach. Jonah didn't. He rose up and went the other way. He went down to Joppa. That is modern day Tel Aviv has subsumed Joppa. So who's been to Israel? A whole bunch of you. That's great. Yeah. So you know Joppa is there and Tel Aviv is wrapped around it. It's coastal. He goes down, finds a ship going down to Tarshish, paid the fare, went down into it to go with them to Tarshish, away from the presence of the Lord. That's, that's your hero. Aren't you proud of yourselves for voting? All right. Now, the Lord hurled a great wind on the sea, and there was a great storm on the sea. So the ship was about to break up, and the sailors became afraid. Sailors don't get afraid of a little wind of a little rock and roll in their ship. This is a lot of rock. It's a lot of roll. It's a big wind. They are greatly afraid. Every man cried out to his God. That's not capital G God. They're polytheists. These are not atheists. They're polytheists. And they threw the cargo, which was in the ship, into the sea to lighten it. But Jonah, your hero, where is he? He's gone down below into the hold of the ship, lain down and fallen sound asleep. Aren't you proud, Jonah? 
prophet, mighty man of God. There he is. So the captain approached him, said, how is it that you're sleeping? Wake up, get up, call on your God. Perhaps your God will be concerned about us so that we will not perish. Every man said to his mate, come, let's cast lots so we can find out on whose account this calamity has struck us. So they cast lots and the lot fell <laughs> on Jonah. I love that user-specific lot cast um, from the casino there in the bottom of the ship. This is such a moment of even polytheists who are not believers in the God you understand are now helped to find out who is the cause of this trouble on the Mediterranean Sea. That's where they are. And the lot fell to Jonah. Then they said to him in verse 8, and I want you to see this like a cartoon with all these bubbles over different people. Or if you will, they're at a press conference, and here's NBC and ABC and Fox and all these, uh, and they're all here with microphones. And each one of them is, are, is saying, wait, tell us, uh, on whose account did this, celebrity, uh, did this calamity strike us? What's your occupation? Where do you come from? What's your country? Where? You see what I mean? There are lots of people asking all at once. And he says, calm down, calm down. I'll take your questions one at a time. And he answers, verse 9, I'm a Hebrew. And I fear the Lord God of heaven who made the sea. And I think he whispers this. And please, God, may there be dry land soon. Okay. Then the men became extremely frightened. Here they were scared already for their life because of the wind. And now they found out that he is the cause of this problem. And he's a believer in that God guy. And he's obviously doing something wrong. He says, it says that he told them what he was doing. Now they're extremely frightened. Mariners don't get frightened like this, except in this story. They said, how could you do this? For the men knew he was fleeing from the presence of the Lord because he told them. So they said to him, what should we do? And he says, why don't you pick me up and throw me into the sea in verse 12. So they, they said, no, we're going we're gonna to offload some of the furniture. We're not going to throw you into the ocean. Verse 14, they called on the Lord. Gentile pagans, polytheists pray to your God. That's pretty cool that Jonah, this reluctant prophet, is successful with a group of pagan mariners. That's pretty cool. Maybe that's why you like him in the book. Maybe that's why. All right, I might give that to you. We earnestly, here's their holy prayer. They learned this from their Book of Common. Anyway, we earnestly pray, O Lord, don't let us perish on account of this man's life and don't put innocent blood <laughs> on us, for you, O Lord, have done as you have pleased. Doesn't it sound religious? Doesn't that sound holy? So they picked up Jonah, verse 15, threw him into the sea, and the sea stopped its raging. That'd be a great end of the story right there. Jonah, successful, reluctant, but successful. Mariners saved, sea calm, pictures at 11. I mean, that, that would be just great. Well, then the men feared the Lord greatly, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows. Where's Jonah? He's in the Mediterranean. Where are the men? They're on a ship. It's calm. They're happy. They're having a worship service. It is well. They start singing. It's really remarkable. And they offer sacrifices. I don't know what animals they had on board. I don't know what turtle doves they carried. But somehow, that's a great ending to a fairly sad story of Jonah's activity. And verse 17 the Lord appointed a great fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was in the stomach of the fish, or we know later as a whale, three days and th three nights. Chapter 2, verse 1, then Jonah prayed to the Lord. He's in a belly of a fish for three days, three nights. There are people who have in these last couple decades found evidence of people inside giant of giant fish. It's, it's science. I love that. And so the, it's validating everything I've always believed. I grew up as an Orthodox Jew in Kansas City. I've always believed this story, mythical at times, but 
It's got a great tale to it. I'm not sure what it was when I was 14, but I really love this eating of Jonah. I just, I love that he's inside the belly of a whale for three days and three nights. Then Jonah prays. Now, I'm not a very smart man, but I think I would have started praying, I don't know, the second day or maybe the first night. Uh, Jonah, now, to be fair, he's inside the belly. That means he's in the stomach of the whale, along with yesterday's lunch. And it's, it's like being inside a, a, a washing machine, I suppose. And he's trying to get his bearings. Mind you, he was just on a, a ship with a bunch of scared mariners. And now he's in the Mediterranean Sea. If there's no whale, he's dead. You get that? Because he's, it might be calm, but he's a long way from shore. Whales don't go right here next to shore. He prays. And the Bible has in chapter 2 the prayer of Jonah. He prays to the Lord his God from the stomach of the fish, and he said, I called out of my distress. I'm sure it sounded like that. I don't think it was as religious as the boys on the ship. I called to the Lord in my distress, and he answered me. I cried for help from the depth of Sheol. You heard my voice. You have cast me into the deep. Who cast him? God did. Who really threw him? The mariners. I just love that, that he sees and they saw God involved in all aspects of this. Into the heart of the seas and the current engulfed me. All your breakers and billows passed over me. You remember the other hymn, It Is Well With My Soul, with the sea billows roaring. It's, that's where that song was informed. So I said, I've been expelled from your sight. Nevertheless, I'll look again toward your holy temple. Whether the temple was even built at the time is a question of historical debate. Water encompassed me. The great deep engulfed me. Weeds were wrapped or read seaweeds wrapped around my head. I mean, he's in there with yesterday's lunch. So this is a, a tough time to be, to have a prayer service, but he's praying. Look at verse 8. Those who regard vain idols forsake their faithfulness. You know who those are? Those are the seamen that he's just been with. He says, they're, he doesn't know they've just gotten saved in our vernacular. He doesn't know that the, the mariners have given their lives over to the living God and sacrificed to him. Those who regard vain idols, those people I was on the ship with, they forsake their faithfulness. But I, says your humble fellow, you voted for him. But I will sacrifice to you with the voice of thanksgiving that which I vowed I will pay. Salvation, please, is from the Lord. He's inside the belly of the whale. It sounds like he's having, you know, a thanksgiving service. He is longing for salvation. He is crying out for it. And then what does it say? It says that God heard him, obviously, because the Lord commanded the fish and it vomited isn't that funny to hear the word vomit in church? Um, and it vomited Jonah up on dry land. You might have seen whales near a shoreline in Hawaii or Alaska. I live in Sydney and we see them and you can pay good money uh, to go out miles and miles away from the coast and see them. I was in Hermanus near Cape Town in South Africa, and they come fairly close, I'll say, uh, across, I'd say across the sanctuary. You're there on the coast, and the, and the whales are right there. Now, I don't know about that vomit um, and how, how he would fly. Well, anyway, just to picture it, if you want. And he lands on dry ground. He's fairly washed out, probably traumatized, three days, three nights in the belly of the whale. He's got a different <clears throat> costume on than he wore when he went in. He looks different. He has engaged God and God heard him, which is pretty cool. So you'd think, praise the Lord. I am so great. You'd hear this shouts of the fourth Thursday in November 
saying, thank you, Lord, this is great. I'm so happy, I'll do whatever you want. Chapter three, verse one. Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time saying, arise. God always sounds deep, doesn't he? Arise, go to Nineveh, the great city, and proclaim to it the proclamation which I'm going to tell you. So Jonah arose and went to Nineveh, according to the word of the Lord. Ah, this worked. This whole business with the crashing of the sea and the swallow of the whale, it worked. This is great. Your guy's in. So Jonah decides to go to Nineveh, according to the word of the Lord. Nineveh is an exceedingly great city, a three days walk. Just imagine walking from Katy to whatever's on the east, Baytown. Uh, just imagine walking across Houston. That's, that's about it, probably smaller. A three days to walk across. I felt like I could walk faster than we were on the Beltway 8 yesterday. Anyway, then Jonah began to go through the city one day's walk, and he cried out, said, yet 40 days and Nineveh will be overthrown. He is so happy. He's so happy not to be out of the whale, not to be following God. He's so happy because in six weeks, Nineveh, you're going down. See, they're the dreaded enemies of the Jewish people. They were owning and occupying some of the land that the Jewish people rightfully owned. So now Nineveh, you're the bad guys. We're the good guys, obviously, because God spared me out of the whale. And Nineveh, in six weeks, you're going down. You're going to be overthrown. This is the Assyrian Empire. We're going to win. Hallelujah. This is going to be great. I want to get the video of that. Verse 5, the people of Nineveh believed in God. They called a fast, put on sackcloth from the greatest to the least. When the word reached the king of Nineveh, read mayor of Nineveh, he arose from his throne, laid aside his robe from him, covered himself with sackcloth, sat on the ashes, and issued a proclamation. Oh, no. Jonah is successful with the mariners, he's successful with the fish, he's successful with his deity, now he's successful as a prophet to the Assyrians, and they're gonna join the community of faith. There goes the neighborhood. The king, or mayor, issued a proclamation and said, in, by, uh, the, by the decree of the king and his nobles, do not let man, beast, herd, or flock taste a thing. How do you stop a cow from eating? I just wonder. There's some things you just want to wonder. You don't have to look it up on Google or Siri. You just, just wonder. Life is good. Don't let them eat or drink water, but both man and beast must be covered with sackcloth. Let man call on God earnestly that each man may turn from his wicked way and from the violence which is in his hands. Hebrew word for violence, Hamas. Who knows? God may turn and relent and withdraw his burning anger so that we will not perish. When God saw their deeds, that they turned from their wicked ways, then God relented concerning the calamity which he declared he would bring upon them, and he did not do it. Oh, <laughs> rejoice. That's fantastic. All these sick Assyrians, these demon-possessed, these evil people who dominated the Jewish people, Praise the Lord, they're redeemed. They're the, the king and everybody down, they've done this. By the way, this section of Bible is read every year in the afternoon of Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement. And the answer is always, Rabbi, why do, I mean, the question is asked, Rabbi, why do we read this one on Yom Kippur? Because if God could forgive the Assyrians, he will surely forgive you if you similarly repent. Okay, okay, that's good. And so if you've ever known your own sin, I don't know what your, your sin, I, you're little, I, I don't know what, we don't want to know. <laughs> Everybody in your row knows your sins. 
the people closest to you know your sins. Admitting your own, that's, that's tough. And it's the right thing to do. I turned to Dave during one of the songs and told him that that one verse really hit me because it was something about one of my own sins. And, and uh, people, people near you know your sins. So these Assyrians had plenty. They repented on Yom Kippur. If you repent, that's, it's a good thing to do. And when you do, and if you are forgiven of your sins, man, that's a shout of hallelujah. That is a Thanksgiving better than turkeys and Chicago beating Detroit or whichever you cheer for. And Jonah, your hero, I mean, come on, he's successful. This is going to be great. Chapter 4, verse 1. But it greatly displeased Jonah, and he became angry. You like this guy, huh? He prayed to the Lord, which is a, a, a grace on God's part to even keep listening to this fellow. He prayed to the Lord and said, Please, Lord, was this not what I said when I was still in my own country? Therefore, in order to forestall this, I fled to Tarshish. I know you're gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger, abundant in loving kindness, one who relents concerning calamity. I mean, he's confessing a creed that's better than the apostles and Nicene creed together. This is right out of Torah. This is El Rachum Bachanun, Chesed, the Lord, Lord God, compassionate and merciful. He's singing a song almost as well as we did earlier. He's saying, I knew you were like that. That's why I didn't want to go to those people, because I knew you'd forgive them, doggone it. He says, tell you what. He's going to say this three times in one rest of the chapter. I'd rather be dead. I'd rather be dead than let the black hats turn white. I'd rather be dead than let them into my world. Than a, he's a racist, straight up. Whatever else you want to call him, he's an anti-Assyrian. He's a racist. Therefore, verse 3, Please take my life from me. Death is better to me than life. And the Lord said, do you have good reason to be angry? <laughs> Don't you love that about God? That he's, that he's still involved in your hero's life. He still wants to get him to the point of repair. Do you have any good reason to be angry? Yeah, he says. <laughs> of course. Jonah went out from the city and he... <laughs> And he sat east of it. He made a shelter for himself, sat under it in the shade, a Florida room, I guess, until he could see what would happen in the city. So the Lord God appointed a plant, and it grew up over Jonah to be a shade over his head to deliver him from his discomfort. Is God gracious or what? Well, how generous can you have of God? This is awesome. And Jonah was extremely happy about the plant. He doesn't sound like he was happy about the salvation of the Assyrians. He's happier about some vegetation. That's your boy. But God appointed a worm which came down. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, when dawn came the next day and it attacked the plant, and it withered. When the sun came up, God appointed a s scorching east wind. The sun beat down on Jonah's head so that he became faint, begged with all his soul to die, saying, Death! It's better to me than life. I'd rather be dead. God said to Jonah, do you have good reason to be angry about a plant? And she said, yeah, I have good reason to be angry. Third time, even to death. And the Lord said, you had compassion on a plant? Which you didn't work for and which you didn't cause to grow, which came up overnight and perished overnight? Should I not have compassion on Nineveh, the great city in which there are more than 120,000 people who don't know the difference between their right and left hand, as well as many animals? Question mark. End of story. Jonah chapter 4 ends with sadness that Jonah, disgruntled about a ruined plant, couldn't care less, could not care less about 120,000 people who've just come to faith. You voted. 
you want this book in the Bible. Maybe because it's not about Jonah. Maybe you want this book in the Bible because it's about the Ninevites and the mariners and the whale. Maybe you want this book in the Bible because it's about the God of Jonah and not Jonah of God. And maybe that's not really the end of the story anyway. I don't think I have time, so I'm just going to a reference for you. Acts chapter 10. Read it in due course this afternoon. You don't care about the football game anyway. Just read, yeah. After y'all help with the Christmas decoration. Acts chapter 10, there's a fellow named Cornelius. He's a Roman powerhouse. He rules. He's there in Caesarea. I've been there to Caesarea. That was the Roman capital in what we call Israel today. You've been there, right? Yeah, Caesarea. It's the only golf course in all of, in all of Israel. Yeah, a lot of sand. Um, I played it. It was great. Cornelius is there and he has a vision from God and God tells him to send down to Joppa to a fellow named Simon and, uh, and, and get Simon to come up and preach to you. Yes, sir, says the centurion Cornelius. And he dispatches a couple guys down to Joppa, same city, remember? And there's Simon Peter, you remember him. Simon Peter, one of the 12. Simon Peter has a vision too. And that same day, he's having a vision. It's midday, it's lunchtime. I shouldn't mention that in front of a bunch of hungry Christians. Okay, so uh, it's lunchtime, midday it says, and he has a vision of a four-cornered sheet coming down from heaven filled with uh, bacon double cheeseburgers and red lobster shrimp and all these things. You, you've seen it. Uh, and it's all this stuff that Jews just <laughs> don't, don't eat. Larry, just reminding you, that's Jews don't eat that. And, and the voice says, rise, Peter, kill and eat. He says, I'm, no, Lord. Uh, just a word of advice. If it's Lord, don't say no. Uh, but he says, not so, Lord. Um, I, basically, I'm Jewish and Jews don't eat this. And he says, what I've called clean, don't you call unclean. The vision happens three times, up, down, up, down. You'd think Peter, he'd walked with Jesus for years. He's preached for years since Acts 2. He's, it's Acts 10 now. He's preached. He'd get it. Peter, come on. You know what's going on, don't you? Nope. It says in, uh, in Acts 10, while Peter was greatly perplexed in mind as to what this vision which he'd seen might mean, <laughs> the boys knocked at the door. The dispatched boys from Cornelius. And after a little while, they spend the night. And then Peter says, I'm going with you. And in Acts chapter 10, around verse 28, it says, because uh, Peter has rocked up to Corny's house and he's there and they've gathered and they bowed down. He says, get up. I put on my toga like you. And he says, you yourselves know that it's unlawful for me as a Jew to come and basically hang out with you people. But God has shown me I should call no person unclean. The vision was not about food. It was about people like y'all who eat that kind of food. It was about Gentiles. Wow, here's Peter in Joppa, same city where Jonah was. Peter is told to go to a Roman, the military occupiers of the land of Israel, the enemies of the Jews in those days. Peter is told to go and preach to them the good news of Jesus Christ by using a vision of the stuff y'all eat. And he goes and he preaches, and some of you know the story, Cornelius and all his house get saved, filled with the spirit, water baptized, all it, boom, 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 in one, they didn't even wait till the next foundation class. You know, they, they got it all that day. And God was gracious to bring Romans, that's 
Gentiles into the commonwealth of, of God's economy and the people of God. That should be a day like Thanksgiving, like Messiahmas or whatever you call December 25. Um, uh, you should celebrate St. Cornelius Day because without that day, some of you who are Gentiles would never have been brought in. There goes the neighborhood would be what we would have said on that day, but I'm so grateful that God gave Peter a chance to go and do what Jonah didn't really want to do. What was Peter's nickname? One time it's used in Matthew chapter 16. Jesus sends them out, they come back in, and he says, who do people say that I am, the son of man? And he said, well, some say you're Jeremiah, one of the prophets, some John the Baptist, some dead reincarnate. He said, who do you say that I am? And Peter said, you're the Messiah, son of the living God. And what did Yeshua say? Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, because flesh and blood didn't reveal this to you. What Jonah didn't do in Nineveh from Joppa and ran off to Tarshish and swallowed by the whale, God gave a second chance to the Gentiles so they could become Gentiles for Jesus. That's pretty darn good. That's pretty good for y'all. It took a vision, it took a whale, it took the rest of the story, thinks Paul Harvey. It took the rest of the story for us to understand that I think probably Jonah is in the Bible for a lot of reasons. The God of Jonah is what it's all about. A God who continues to extend grace to a people who are the bad guys in the story. And if you understand this about you, that you're one of the bad guys in the story, that you can be forgiven, then you can turn to your Nineveh or your Rome, to the people who are occupying your world, to the people who are annoying you, to the people with whom... Sorry, you might have practiced racism in the past. And you can say to them, God loves you. God extends his kindness to you. There goes my neighborhood. If y'all move in, it's okay. I want you. God loves all of us together. Anytime you use the phrase, those people, that's a racist barometer. My children have taught me this. I don't want to leave you on that note. I just want you to hear that as God extended kindness to you, you get to extend it to those people. If you can do that, Conroe Bible, buckle your seatbelt. Who knows what's going to happen here? It's going to be awesome to keep coming back. Who knows? Who knows when I get to come back? And even if I never do, just watch what God does here as he makes y'all into what he keeps wanting it to be. Each of the, the, the folks at Quest, I so appreciated you in the Adult Bible Fellowship this morning. Those who are here, those watching elsewhere, if you're not yet a believer in Jesus right now, right where you're seated, right where you're standing, right where you're pondering, let God give you a gift today of eternal life. Turn like those mariners did. Turn like those Ninevites and say, perhaps God will forgive me. Let me assure you, God will forgive you in Jesus' name. That's his promise. It's not mine. It's his. And on the basis of what Jesus has said, you can be forgiven. So receive his grace today. And dear friends, I hope you'll continue to pray for my work as I reach out to Jewish people and, you know, we see more Gentiles get saved under our ministry than Jews because God's an equal opportunity savior. He's just awesome. And so wherever I get to go, Jews and Gentiles, I love seeing God open the eyes of people to the good news message. I hope you'll keep praying for us. I have a uh, geometry. This is a square. This is a tap and go credit card machine. If you don't want to use this up the back, you can put the, uh, the, the words, the, the URL. So here in the sanctuary, there it is. If you want to support us, 
those six digits, 602466, is linked for Conroe, Mendelssohn in November 2021. God bless those tech guys who know how to do all that stuff. So J, the number 4J.co, you can use your phone even right now, I won't think it rude, and go to that URL and it'll go right to where you need to touch stuff. And if you would rather just use a, a card, just go ahead and I'll meet you up the back after the service. I've got some materials up there, including my testimony and some DVDs and some other things that um, I think will benefit you. Don't miss this. I'm not here as a commercial for Jews for Jesus, certainly not an infomercial. I'm here to proclaim the good news of Jesus. And aren't you glad that he got you in his, in his family? Aren't you glad that you are one of his? Well, I'm glad. I'm glad five decades ago, somebody reached and talked to me about the good news of Jesus. I'm here because he's still here. I'm here because he's still saving to the uttermost those who cry out to him. So let's keep looking for those. This is prime time in the world. One, because the world is such a mess, and two, because it's Thanksgiving and Christmas. It's the most wonderful. Yeah, um, it's wonderful for those of us who know the Lord and who have family. It's the most devastating, highest suicide rates in the, in the year in those who don't know him. So look for your neighbors. Look for those who even put up decorations already. God forgive them. Um, to, whoops, this afternoon. Okay. Uh, what I meant was, uh, yeah. Look for those who desperately need to hear what you have to say and see if you can move them up a notch towards the good news of eternity that comes with Jesus. Dave, thanks for letting me come. I'm gonna pass it back to you. Shalom. I get it, I get it. thanks. Thank you, Bob. Deeply appreciate your ministry and the way that you stir our hearts. I am glad that you've heard the gospel uh, clearly. And if you're not yet a follower of Jesus Christ, I exhort you to do that right where you are right now. In, in the privacy of your own heart, you can give your life to Christ, ask him to enter your life, believing that he died on the cross for your sins in your place. And your sins are forgiven, just like Bob said and he will give you the free gift of eternal life. I'm glad that all of us have heard this uh, stirring message from God's word from both Jonah and Acts 10 in terms of announcing the good news, of sharing the gospel. And I hope that you are stirred uh, to do that just by sharing the love of Christ. The holidays are such incredible times to do that. Uh, Bob alluded to all that's going on, all the chaos in the world, but also all the chaos that's going on in so many families and so many neighborhoods. And this is such a great opportunity to be a calming influence, to bring the peace of Jesus Christ, to bring the love of Christ, and to share Christ with our neighbors. So I hope that that will be our challenge as we walk out today and our joy to love on others that way. And if you would like to, uh, I do want to endorse Bob. Obviously, we have him here for a reason. Uh, we really believe in the ministry of Jews for Jesus. They are creative. They are bold. Uh, Bob runs a storefront ministry in Sydney with his team uh, there in Sydney. And uh, he was telling us last night that every week an unsaved Jew walks into their storefront. And it says Jews for Jesus right across the front of it. Uh, but they have a tremendous ministry of reaching people people there. As he said just now, uh, a lot more Gentiles are coming to faith uh, in Christ through their ministry. And then they have an incredible global outreach uh, online. And, and that's probably where they do most of their one-on-one, -on -one, you were saying, uh, with people that uh, answer surveys, are looking for help, looking for healing. So if you want to join God in his work around the world, Jews for Jesus is a great way to do it. If you've got the card, you can tear it off and put it on your refrigerator as a reminder to, to pray for Bob and Patty in Australia, or to pray for God's work in reaching the Jews. We've got a second offering bowl out here. You'll see it with the uh, 
placard right next to it. Uh, if you wish to donate to them or if you want to do credit card, you can see Bob in the hallway. Bob, why don't you head on out? And uh, he's going to be at the table back there. He's got some resources uh, for reaching uh, friends and, and family with uh, God's word and also some more Jewish insight into understanding uh, scripture. And uh, again, I want to thank you, Bob, for your ministry. Let me pray and then we'll be dismissed. Father God, we thank you for the privilege of hearing your word. And uh, what an incredible thing that we can gather and have our hearts stirred by you. Thank you for Bob and his ministry and for his clarity and for the challenge that you used to, to lay down in our hearts uh, through him. And we ask that you would continue to give him uh, a fruitful ministry these three months that he's here in the States. Pray that you would lead him and guide him and keep him safe and ask that uh, as your gospel goes out that many people would come to know Christ and to receive forgiveness of sins and that many more of us would be stirred to share your love, uh, that we wouldn't be uh, like Jonah and refusing to, but that we'd be like Peter answering your call. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thanks for being here. I raise a hallelujah Heaven comes to fight for me I'm gonna sing In the middle of the storm Louder and louder You're gonna hear my praises roar